0: What the,
1: Mike? Did you pick this? What?
0: Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys
1: podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Tarian, and I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. Good morning. Good morning. I said that like very enthusiastically, but uh, as people might be able to hear, I'm I'm on the tail end of a uh, of a sinus cold and so uh, if I do get up in that upper register, there may be some uh, cracking of the voice that happens just wanna just wanna let everybody know yeah, his voice is changing <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm becoming gonna... a
0: man yeah he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna speak in this deep
1: uh, oh, yeah grovelly resonance. it is gonna sound a little bit like that the jazz singer right <laughs> yeah, I've gone from like a tenor voice to a baritone overnight <clears throat> anyway, okay. Just the heads up there. Yeah. So uh it's your turn, man. It is my turn. And I, you know, uh this is sort of born out I want to talk about this, and it's born out of the work that that I get to do at Preambula, which is like it's a dream job, really. So thanks. Yeah, well thank you. (laughs) Uh thank you for that. And but no, no, no. Uh there's so much about what we do and i feel like as a team we understand it and we have a language built around it that like for us it might not be crystal clear but it provides a framework that that guides what we do and who we are and what we're about and so it it prevents us from like going off into tangents of things that are like not what we're about and so when i think about that what we're about we are real for me it's like we're about providing opportunities for conversion for people like in a way honestly that i've never seen any other organization or apostolate um, lay that out for people in the way that we do and that that's what i love about it is that i really feel like it mimics jesus's way of you know taking people from Maybe an initial curiosity to like a full fled like out in the world like doing the work of Jesus in a in a in a bold brave way that they never would have been able to do otherwise. So, but that process requires a conversion of you know it it requires a conversion in people, and and uh, you know we have a fancy word for that called metanoia, and I don't I don't know where it. it Greek, maybe? I don't know. It's a Greek term. Yes. And uh, yeah, From, from but, the New Testament. But what exactly it means, you know, like, I, I don't know. But my understanding of metanoia is, you know, and I'm going to use like a graphic example here, but if you're in a room or a space and it's completely dark and you put a light behind yourself, but you're staring away from the light, all you, all you're seeing is your shadow, right? And, and in a in a sense, like for for us, for me, it, it, it points in my life. I can be, I can be staring into that shadow, and I think that that's all there is. All of my only awareness is that I'm my is my shadow, because I've got blinders on because I'm so focused on that. And the goal, I think, of the Christian life, is for people to turn be aware that they're in the shadow, but, you know, gradually turn towards the light. And that's Jesus, of course. And when you turn towards the light, you see the rest of the room. You see the rest of the people that might be standing around there. And from a totally different perspective, like in in this way that they're meant to be seen and, and the way that life is meant to be experienced and your understandings of things. And that that to me is like such a beautiful act of conversion. So I, I kind of want to dig into that, maybe like the principles that that we you know, that we uh, that we espouse and that we're holding tight to as an organization and personally that we've experienced in our own lives. And why everyone, everyone, um, especially Christians, should be in this process of metanoia and conversion. Yeah,
0: Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> No, anyway, I I actually it's that? funny it's like a little bit of Plato's cave there um with the shadows well, and I, the light. Yeah. I think I heard that somewhere yeah. in a philosophy course. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh um but yeah, the uh I think that's a great image for what the New Testament means by metanoia, you know, it's a turning, it's a turning towards uh, it's, a, it's a it's a shift in one's mindset and one's way of seeing and understanding. Um, I do think it would be worthwhile though, uh, maybe just briefly to, uh, to, to just talk through like the word conversion can come with some baggage or people can have the wrong impression of what that means. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so I think let's just, let's just tackle that sure. momentarily yeah, yeah. before we kind of get into, uh, you know a richer understanding and 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 I would say that you know I think that just to clarify one thing that you were mentioning it's you know I think lots of people have a good like sort of theological understanding of metanoia. you know we can talk about it. I think what's more challenging is how do we how do we facilitate how do we best facilitate a process of ongoing transformation in a person's life yeah. And that's what I think you and I and, and others, it's not just us, but we, we, we recognize is there's kind of a gap. There's kind of, we're, we're missing some very critical things in the typical experience of parish life today that prevents people from going through a really total transformation of their lives in the biblical sense of metanoia yeah. or conversion. Yeah. Yeah. So, what we're trying to do, and of course we we would never admit we're doing it perfectly, but what we're what we're trying to do is to provide experiences that people can go through that um, tries to take account of the broader reality of what conversion, what metanoia entails, yeah. yeah, so that we can help lead people to greater maturity in the faith and that's um, and again, I mean, there's lots of people out there trying different things, Sure, but you know, we, but, but we, we feel like we're doing stuff
1: that's really working. Like, well, you know. and again, I I just want to tie that back before we, you know, break open conversion, but I want to tie it back to like what, what I really want in my own life. Like I, my conversion story was a, a long, long ass journey <laughs> and, um, and it's, be, and it's like, the Lord put, but it, it, truly by the grace of God, the Lord put people in my life that um, kind of took me along places of that, of that journey. And, but it, it, I mean, I'm talking like over maybe seven years to where, where like that light was obvious, you know, in a way where I was like, oh my gosh, like a life changing kind of thing. And what what i, I want to you know like my my desire then is like okay G, when jesus came jesus took his followers in this kind of process of transformation what did, how did he do it what did, what did he do you know like and he did that in like 2 to 3 years for people and and again it's not like a oh i'm in the light like uh, that's it it's over like it's a constant realization that there are many shadows in your life, you know? And, but, but once you, once you like get over one of those hurdles and it, then you're like, Oh my gosh, like I want to do that again. And like, and you, you start to have this re- constant realization that, that of these dark areas in your life that need converted, that need surrendered. And every time it happens and it's, and it's a, often a painful, painful process. But but at the end, the reward is, like, freedom and joy and, like, a weight lifted off, you know? Like, um. so that's what I, like, I just want to do it like Jesus did it. I don't want, it's hard leaving it up to people to kind of hope willy-nilly that, maybe the people will be in their life maybe they won't like i want to give people the opportunity to be like this is this is kind of our our modern take on how jesus did that and yeah go for it so uh, that's all yeah.
0: yeah no 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 that's good tell me you know let me ask you like like when you think about sort of negative connotations that go with the word conversion or the the, the sort of like the maybe it's just an incomplete picture of it or maybe even an erroneous picture of what that means like what comes to mind for you
1: well i mean i'm trying to put myself back into the like the days before i started experiencing that kind of you know metanoia or conversion and i think if somebody would have said like oh you you know like i want to offer you a, a deeper conversion i probably would have said well why like one I don't think I won I would have understood why I need that like components of my life uh, that I was with that were sort of right in front of me I'm you know I'm thinking I you know like I'm I'm smart I I got a master's degree in architecture I have a I you know worked for a, a great company that helped me to understand the you know like to build the foundation for me starting my own architectural design thing you know like. I was able to do all the things, quote unquote, of life successfully. You know, like why do I need a conversion? Why? Like, yeah, I have this. I have a house. I have a, you know, a, 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 my own business. I have friends. I have. I have all of these things in life that are leading me to believe that everything is good and everything is okay. Why would I need deeper conversion? Yeah, so somebody's trying to tell me something is not right. Totally yeah. okay yeah. in my life. Yeah,
0: well, and I think sometimes, like you know, my experience of that is sometimes it's when you're on the receiving end of someone who's trying to quote unquote convert you, you sort of feel like you're someone's project. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> and uh, you feel like you're being asked to, to to change your banner, you know, or your you know to sort of switch your allegiances or your loyalties or you're going to leave this group and you're going to take up with these people um, over here. And so you have kind of a new identity and, and you, you, you know, and, and I think sometimes converting means sort of flipping from this to that. And I mean, you know, not that that's, that's false, but it, it, you know, again, when you're on the receiving end of that and you sort of feel like someone's project, like someone's trying to work on you, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel very good, for one, but it also just doesn't, it doesn't fully reveal what we mean or what Jesus was trying to affect in people's Mm. lives when he was calling people, say, to repent. You know, again, even that can have, like, a really, a very truncated or very narrow meaning. Like, you know, I just have to uh, acknowledge that I'm a wretched person and, and, and that I need you and and then you know I'm saved. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, I just again I just have to flip this switch, and and the reality is is that, you know, the call to repentance itself, very similarly, is this called a to, to to change, to make a change, to to be transformed, to turn in a different direction, and to begin to see with new eyes, yes, and to and to uh, and and then to begin bringing one's life into conformity, with the The realities that one comes to know, yeah, um, you know, yeah, especially no.
1: in Christ. So it's it's it is a process, like you said. Yes, and it and uh, I imagine most of the time it's a very gentle process, like it. So when you were when you were saying that thing about people trying to convert you, um, I remember being accosted many times uh, in Denver by uh, born-again Christians at the gym because I would wear my St. Vincent T-shirts t- t- and, you know, I think saint immediately triggers something in them. It's like, a so, oh, magnet. Right. Yes. Yeah, I'm a, con- I'm a conversion magnet. So
0: Fallen away Catholic.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, like, there were a couple times whenever I'd start engaging in conversation with them, just curious, but then it would become very... I f- I almost felt like I like I was trapped by them. You know, like I didn't have like at some point I felt like I didn't I wasn't given a choice in in a way where if I you know, in other sort words, sort of cornered. Yeah, cornered. And it's like I and that's not my personality, of course, is like never. I'm a, you know, never to conform without taking my like my time to consider every option. Like I'm not a I'm not a bandwagoner. So um yeah, like it is really a process of gentle like accompaniment, you know, like all of these things where it's not you're always like you always have to feel free to make the choice for yourself in that situation.
0: Yeah. Well and I think part of that is that, again when you're on the receiving end of that, it's because you what you perceive is that the other person has a genuine care and love for you as a person, just kind of like for your own sake? Right. So there's yes. there's something more attractional. It, it draws you more than it tries to convince you. You know, there's there's sometimes we can think of, you know, the conversion process again, being on the receiving end of that as someone trying to convince you of something. And it's, you know, the other thing I would I would I would note about my own quote unquote conversion experience is, you know, for a lot of, a long time when I told my quote conversion story. Mm-hmm. I, I I talked it, about it in terms of, well, here's the way I used to think. And now this is the way I think, you know, I used to hold this set of ideas. And now I hold this set of ideas. And of course, that's true. Like, that's not, that's not a false picture of what, what happened to me. But, you know, now that I'm, you know, 30 years distant from my conversion experience, it's like, oh, wait, there was, first of all, I, I didn't have a complete conversion on that day that I really, you know, sort of humbled myself and handed my life over to God. That was just the beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's been this long journey, and that that conversion is ongoing, that transformation is ongoing, because the Lord wants to transform the whole of us. Not just our minds. Yes, our minds are critical, but our hearts matter, right? You know, and, and, and the whole of our lives, and so, you know, metanoia is a journey. It's a journey from from a kind of fallen nature to a redeemed nature, mm-hmm. which is which is a transformative process that takes time, and it also takes the company of other people, as you mentioned. That that we do that we you know I I, I love the image of discipleship because we're kind of pupils of how to live well. When we're disciples of Jesus, and uh, and and we have people, you know, more mature disciples who, along the way, have discipled us in the way in the yeah. way of living, and and the the beautiful thing about divine providence, at least that I found, is that God always seems to put people in my life who are going to help me walk the next stage of my journey, who can give to me uh, an insight or wisdom or or the the company that I need for this next stage of what has to be sort of undone and remade in me. And uh, and so, you know, as a community of faith, that's really what we're called to be for each other um, as we journey along the road of conversion. And, and And another word we might use is sanctification, the process of sanctification of being made holy.
1: Mm. Yeah. So <clears throat> do we want to talk more about conversion? Do you want to break that open? No, more? I mean, yeah, yeah I sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I do. I, I just... Thought it was helpful to just to look at like I think sometimes we have a very truncated view yeah. of conversion and it's very off putting because it, it it we just don't we don't see it in the in the totality of its reality and we don't necessarily understand it contextually in the right way and so sometimes I think in our zeal we might go try to convert people yeah and uh, really what we're trying to do is convince them of things yeah and talk them into something without necessarily respecting their freedom, without necessarily being attentive to who they are, where they are in their life, what they've experienced, what's gone on, and, uh, and allowing the Lord to, to use us in in helping, you know, walk with someone through a stage of their life or perhaps the whole of their life, but as, as they undergo a process of transformation and, and yeah. growth.
1: So I feel like... Um... Uh, in my my own story, um, it, every time I think about it, I'm I'm I get like super excited and and fascinated at the same time because it's like <clears throat> I wonder what you. Know, I feel like it's some it, on that journey. If I had not uh, had the experiences or met the people along the way that I did, I would I would have some. It, It's like the matrix. I, you know, I'm going to use that reference for like the 20th time in this podcast, but I would be satisfied on some level living in a world with the veil pulled over my eyes, you know, like, and only being able to see a certain amount that's kind of in front of me. And, you know, I, I, and who knows how the the plan would have worked? But I would have I would have strived to you know build up my architecture company and have this in, you know incredibly successful architecture business. I would uh, you know and fed fed my life in all those sort of ways where the world tells me like everything is good and everything is successful. And um, you know, and I'm I'm assuming that that all would have happened that way. <laughs> of course, like. Who knows what the, how the Lord would have thrown something into there. But like when I think about that journey, it's, yeah, I can look back on it and 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 understand those moments where it was almost like I came like I woke up, you know, like I woke up and realized that it, this wasn't, and it's again, like The Matrix, like Morpheus's job in that movie is basically just to go around and wake people up to reality. You know, like that there's a there's a a whole other reality that you're not seeing. And that in and of itself, that waking up part, is like miraculous in some ways because of because of how easy it is to slip into just routine and habit and you know and not really realize what else is going on in your life, like not what, what's, what's going on. And, and I think that, that waking up part was just meeting, like you said, meeting a disciple in my life who through the process of building a friendship helped me, like basically it was like, you're not, you're not seeing everything, you know, like, and they were like, I love that person. I trusted that person. I, everything that they said, I'm like, Even if it was challenging, I'd be like, hmm, the nonconformist in me, of course, was like, well, I'm not going to believe that right off the bat, but I'm going to explore that. Like, I'm going to take some time to actually think about that. And as I did, you know, like that, that awareness became greater. Like, oh, yeah, like that is true. Like, I, you know, like I was discovering, you know, things that I never really knew before. And then, as as I was discovering these things and they were becoming aware to me, um, I, w- you know, it was like he he didn't let me just sort of like live there. You know, he'd be like, "Well, you know, what what are you gonna do about that? Like, how how are you gonna change?" And and I'm like, "That's hard." <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, I have to give up this thing or give up this habit or. Or, uh, you know, incorporate more of this thing into my life and push out other stuff. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, if you want, you know, because I I think what I saw in him was something that I wanted to be. Like, I wanted to be that. But being that meant a lot, meant letting go of things or changing things in my life that I really liked. And um, so, of course, I wrestled with that. And... It's so funny because it must have been so frustrating from his perspective, you know, to be like, oh, my gosh, man, like, just give it up. And, But I think that's the accompaniment journey of, like, cha- you know, metanoia that has to happen. Like, there has to be, and that's the difference between, like, walking with somebody because you actually care about them and and walking with somebody because you want to enact change in them. Like, those are two different things. And then finally, it's like, well, okay, now that now that you're you're incorporating this change in your life, and then it was like, well, you know, like, well, how are you gonna? What's that gonna? How's that gonna change your marriage? What are you gonna do differently in your marriage? Or what are you gonna, you know, like? And I think those things build. There's an excitement that builds, like you as you're going through this journey, and you're like, oh yeah, I can't believe I've been doing that all my life, and it's been bringing a certain level of like angst or that I wasn't even aware of, you know, like or or depression or sadness that I wasn't even aware of. I, I'm just rambling here, but there's like this journey that I think is very clear that people go through, at least I did. You know, it's like encountering in, in God, you know, like discovering something about yourself through that and then being faced with that that challenge or that opportunity to change that thing, you know that then gives you the confidence and the to to kind of go in in the different areas of your life and change. Anyway, I don't know if you want to share any insights into that, but
0: <laughs> No, I mean that's all that's like it's all great stuff. Um there's so much that you've laid out there, but um you know, I I think that part of what you're drilling into is that you know, we 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 have through the experiences of, you know, facilitating these different experiences that we do can and can see that there's sort of four there's sort of four moments, you know, in the in the metanoic process, which is that encountering of the Lord and then that process of discovery, much of which is self-discovery, but it's not entirely self-discovery. We discover a lot of things. Yeah. The way the world works, about oh, yeah. what's true, what sure. isn't. But then there's that, that hard, painful experience of, of integrating that and, and changing, that is, giving a true responsive faith to what you can now see that you couldn't see before. Like, you can't just give an, what I, I like to call, a notional assent to a new idea, you know, but you actually, it's like, how has this changed me? Um, how am I going to trans allow my life to be transformed by what is now new to me and, and uh, life-giving? And then, of course, there's a certain responsibility to go out, you know, and bring that that out into the world in some, in some way, whether it's your marriage or your workplace or, you know, your neighbors or, or whatever. And so, so, you know, we sort of summarize that, right. By talking about encounter, you know, discover, integrate, and then, and then move out, move out in in a new way. Yeah. And that's, you know, and so, and it's not a linear process. I I always like to point this out. Yeah. Right. You know, it's more cyclical, uh, (laughs) because, you know, this is this is what is comprised of our whole life. Is you know, each day we're encountering the Lord. Each day, the Lord is is shedding light in dark places, so we can see what we couldn't before, uh, calling us and challenging us to respond faithfully to that, and and to grow and mature and overcome what holds us back, or reform what needs to be changed within us, or acquire a new habit or a new a new practice in our life, you know. And then of course there's always a responsibility to take that out, you know, like we can't just sit on it. Like it's easy for Catholics just to consume experiences. You know? Oh man. Yeah. You know, but that's we don't that's re- where the good feels yeah. reside. Well, I mean it's sort of like, you know, I can I can uh, if you know to use a sports analogy or, you know, or a musical analogy, um I I remember. Well, I'll use a musical analogy. When I was younger, I I played the trumpet, and uh, I had a teacher, and the teacher taught me how to, you know, how to play, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to discover my musical abilities in that process. So every week I'd meet with my teacher, and he would teach me things, and then I would I would learn things, and then I would practice, but you know, but there was that last step. That, that moving out piece and it always was a, a recital mm. and i never did the recital i i, I quit before really? i really mean, yeah I, I played for like four or five years and i kept putting it off and avoiding it because i was really uh, uh, afraid to you know perform um in front of other people but that's where that that process of learning is really complete is when you can reproduce it and, uh, you know, you'd say four others, right? Sure. And, and I think that that's a good analogy because in the Christian life, if we just kind of, if, if we just, a lot of people just stop with the, 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 the encounter and the self the, the discovery part, but yeah. they don't want to go through that. You know, then there's, there's a lot of fear around stepping out first to integrate and, and really change, to yeah. grow, be pruned or whatever. Yeah. And then to go out and, in a sense, embody that that new self out in the world. Um, but that's what we're meant to do as Christian disciples. Like Jesus, he spends three, you know, two and a half, three years with his apostles, and then he leaves. He leaves in the Spirit and says, go. Yeah. You go. Yeah. You go. Uh, I've shown you the way. Now go transform the world in my name. Like go and and bring me to others, and bring others to me in the way that I have shown you. Um, and so that becomes sort of like our our commissioning, if you will, mm. our being sent. You know, but it's so we we I think that what we're trying what what we try to do in our experiences is sort of journey with people through that 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 four step process, at least a to to introduce it and model it sure you know so that you know people are like oh my gosh i never like i never knew this is what it was all about yeah you know and the right. the life and the freedom that comes with completing like cycles of that journey it's like again it's not like you it's one once and done right but to you mentioned it earlier it's like once you kind of go through that experience and you see how awesome it is you're like what do you have next for me, Lord? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. what's the next frontier in me yes. that you need to conquer? Yes, you know. And again, it, it's you know we can still uh, be scared, but I do think that the more we, the more time we spend in this process with a lot of attention and intentionality, really following the Lord as a disciple, the easier it becomes. Like, the more we actually like, we re- like, I know you're. I, I've said this to you at times. It's like mm-hmm. I'm in this tough spot right now. And and you you be like, what's going on? It's like I don't know. I know the Lord's doing something in me. I don't know what it is yet, but <laughs> right. I know He's doing something, and and it's good. It's yeah, it's good. Well, I would never would have said that ten years ago. I'd say mm. this sucks, <laughs> but 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 being in that difficult spot of growth and transformation, yeah, it's painful. But it's like, but it's kind of like a good pain. It's like a pain that's right. resetting a broken
1: crooked bone in my leg. Well, you're bringing up a really interesting point to me, and <clears throat> I think sometimes. Sometimes people think that they can sort of skip steps in this process. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> well, if I just if I just know enough about it, if I just learn enough about it, or if I, you know, I can I, if I know where my problem is, I can just integrate. You know, and it this thing, this process of change builds. You know, every step builds upon the next. It like lays the foundation for the next step and has to be present in the next step. So in other words, you know, what I'm saying is I think a lot of times the integration part of conversion where where you're presented with with the opportunity to make changes, you know, and um is is so frightening it can be and and so difficult because sometimes those changes can be like big, you know. I like or sometimes those changes can be small, but they're such ingrained in us, like the habits that we have.
0: Well, and there's also the the issue, just really quick. Uh, uh, it requires a lot of honesty and humility yeah, in right. that stage, because you you have to you have to live in the truth of of what the Lord has shown you yeah. about yourself. And for sure, that sucks sometimes. I mean, nobody really sort of wants to do that. But, yeah. But, but so how how is that step then?
1: Yeah. So what I what I was going to say is there. that you. First of all, you can't do that unless you you have an incredibly deep love and trust in what the what the person proposing that challenge is giving you, you know, like the alternative. So in other words, I, you know, like if I don't trust that that God is going to fulfill me in the way that I need to be fulfilled, you know, like through let's say I don't know. I mean, let's say I have something in my life and the reason that I have that that thing in my life that I constantly come back to, that sin, that habit, whatever, is because I there's there's a need that that I want to fulfill, right? But if I don't trust that God is going to fulfill that need by giving that thing up or giving that thing to him, how am I ever going to do that, right? But that trust can can only come from that depth of encounter and, and, you know, like that, that's where it has to reside. So it's like, we, if, in other words, if, if, uh, if I'm, if I'm not strong in my prayer life, if I'm not, if I don't have a regular depth of encounter with the Lord, I'm not going to be able to do any of this. Like it has to be foundationally built on that. You know, like I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out that steps can't be, you know missed yeah you, know, you can't
0: well it's and but what you're also saying is that the steps don't kind of exist as standalone kind of moments or milestones along the way but you carry you carry each of these things forward so yeah you don't you don't you you, for, you really first the, the sort of the Genesis if you will is the encounter like we have to be connected to the Lord we have to be in relationship with him but within that relationship, what what happens is self-awareness self-discovery the discovery of new things and uh and and it only happens so so far as i remain connected to him but then the integration piece right i can't integrate if i'm lacking self-awareness
1: yeah right and
0: i and i can't i can't integrate if i'm not in a place of connection and relationship with god yeah so i have to you know there's a kind of compounding effect that as i move towards the integration and the transformation of something within myself and i have to do that freely like i have to cooperate with that yeah, exactly and i can i can't be forced god's not gonna force or right. coerce me uh, he's going to lead lead me there but again i have to remain connected yeah. i have to i have to be honest and living in a place of, of truth and self-awareness and 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 sometimes you know I I mean, this sounds crazy, but I'm I'm gonna give you sort of an example in my own life, not not a concrete one, but in my own life of sin, I've gotten to a point where when I when I observe myself doing the thing that I'm trying to stop doing, mm-hmm. I observe myself, oh, here I go again. Right. I've learned actually to turn to God in those moments mm-hmm. in prayer and say, Here I go again, Lord and i just i lay bare in a kind of very honest way it's like yeah here i am doing whatever yeah. it is or thinking whatever i'm thinking or you know um and uh and and, and and placing myself in his presence and asking it's like okay help me understand myself more deeply and and then asking the lord give me the strength or give me the help i need to be able to move beyond this or to stop doing whatever that is. Um, You know, I think I shared in the last podcast that I'm, you know, my, my, one of my resolutions lately is to, my prayer has been to ask the Lord to slay the four-headed hydra of, you know, the, the uh, negativity, the critical thinking, Mm. the, the self-pity and the complaining. Um, Bad habits that I have, you know, and try to replace those with, with, um, you know, gratitude, and um, a sense of attention on all the good things that God is doing, mm. and, and a sense of hope about what's coming and what the Lord is preparing and what the Lord is planning. Like, I'm trying to shift sort of my mindset, but yeah. also my disposition on the right. inside. Right. So, when I start going down negative lane, you know, and just start getting all whatever, melancholic on, on myself, you know, I'm trying to get into that practice of stopping, you know, and, 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 and Connecting with the Lord in that moment, yeah, and then trying to become aware, like, why am I going there right now? Mm. And you know, and the Lord shows me things, you know, like, well, you know, it's, you know, whatever it is, and yeah, and, and then there's always that invitation, yeah, you know. So how are you gonna? What's the next step you're gonna take? Right. You know, right. what, what, how are you gonna replace those, yeah, those sentiments with 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 new ones that are more godly that that originate in me and not in your you know your 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 fallen uh self-pitying yeah. sort of self and again it's a lot of times you know this it's just a habit like it's just right. a habit it's like i I'll, I'll even tell you sometimes i I can't think of anything like circumstantially in my life i'll tell my wife this too i's like i don't know what's triggering this like i can't think of anything right now it's like <laughs> yeah. i have a great life but I'm just in this practice and in this habit. So anyway, I'm just using that as an yeah. example of how each of these stages, they're,
1: they're almost like they,
0: they're, each, they're steps that are nestled within each other.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> in fact, we've tried to graphically represent it, and it's a nearly impossible. Yeah. We just can't figure it out. But anyway, well, I wanted to— it's not
0: a two-dimensional. Right, yeah.
1: It's a three-dimensional yes. experience. It might even be four. It, ooh, Whoa. Good. I was going to underscore this idea of of the encounter. Um, that along the way, and you use the word freedom, like there has to be a freedom, uh, you know, to to go from each step into the next step, and I even even the encounter, you know, interiorly there has to be this real desire to be open. To the Lord in a way that, like, maybe—and this was—I would say this was me. I'm not saying this is everybody. But my experience of encounter, depth of encounter, right? My my prayer life for much of my life up until my mid-20s was very—it tended to be very, um, you know, sort of, like, systematic and rote and— Perfunctory. Perfunctory. Ooh, that's a cool word. Perfunctory. Um, And, uh, you know, and and so I would say that's probably that might be a reason why I was not um, my foundation wasn't laid very well. It was it it was like so minimalist, you know, and I think that that introduction from from my friend to uh, a depth of sincerity and openness in my prayer life to the presence of the Lord in a way that I had never been like told or shown before. Like that was the, that was the beginning of the game changer for me. You know, like it w- it was like my prayer actually started bearing like a fruit it, it, or like had an a- a- effect that I had never experienced before. And that's where then, then the eyes started to open to these like, Yeah, to this discovery of things, a perspective, you know, a viewpoint that I had never, it was amazing. And it's like, and so I can't, I can't underscore that enough. Like our, the, our, our prayer life and how we pray is the foundation to all of this, you know, and, and there has to be, you have to go into it freely and open with an openness to yeah. the lord moving in that. Yeah. You know.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah, there's um you know, I I do think that we can be sort of conditioned to pray in sort of a manner of compliance. You know, or you know, we're we're just checking a box like, oh yeah, I got to say my prayers. That's me. That you was me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all go through phases like that where it's you know, it, it's just where our hearts aren't really seeking the Lord, or our hearts aren't really open to Him, um, and we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're, you know, like I said, checking the box. We're, we're it's sort of a compliance, and um, and it is minimalist, uh, and it really it does lack, um, it lacks the free cooperation that's necessary for grace to have its proper effect in our lives. You know, there's always you know god is always doing his work on us and in our lives but there's also this like subjective disposition that has to be present and that that disposition is also an effect of grace yeah but but you know even with grace we can resist it or we can we can push it away or we can turn it away cuz we have the freedom to do so sure even while the turning towards God and the opening up to God is itself a movement of grace within the soul. Mm-hmm. But it's a movement of grace that sort of actualizes our freedom. But without that, like when we don't kind of yield to that and um, assume that posture of receptivity to what the Lord wants to do in our prayer, then nothing else can really happen. Right, And that's why people can they can say their prayers for 30 years and, <laughs> and not really actually... Grow, yeah, and really mature as a disciple of Jesus. Um, you know, not that that not that it's bad to just like sort of say your prayers every sure. day. It's better than nothing. But yeah, yeah. But 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 the point is, is that the Lord has uh, so much more in mind for us.
1: Oh my gosh, but, so much more. But
0: he's not going to ah. impose that on us. Yes,
1: either. in fact, I just want to, you know, like just going into the encounter part of that. I was driving into work two, a couple of days ago, I think, and I'm listening to this prayer app. And are uh, you beeping? I am beeping. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the type one diabetic in me just, yeah. can't, just con- talk. can't
0: control myself. <laughs> just talking to me, just like yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, spikes your sugar. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it's about to empty itself. So the. Uh, um, I was driving into work. I just want to tell this anecdotally, you know, like driving into work and I, I you turned me onto this this um, praise you go app. and um, I'm, I'm so into this thing now because it's the perfect it's the perfect like length of driving into work. It's only like sometimes eight to ten minutes long. And but the way that they approach the, the readings of the day are just two days ago, I'm listening to it, and I'm going through the exercise with them. It's, it's very Ignatian. And, um, you know, it's asking me to focus on this sort of part of the story or put myself in there, and, how like, how would I feel or how would I react to this? And I, like, it, it actually brought me to tears while I'm driving because I'm so moved in my heart by, like, these these realizations. And I'm like, man, that I'm so grateful that that I've been turned on to a prayer that affects me so like so deeply. Because I wow, I look back at the old, like my old self before the, you know, before understanding how the importance of prayer as the relate the foundational relationship with God. Like, and again, how how my eyes were still closed, even though I was checking off all those boxes. Like I was still Asleep, I was still
0: asleep. Yeah, yeah. There's another word that keeps popping into my head, and it's it's indifference.
1: It's a kind of indifferentism. But it's like an unconscious indifference. Yeah. Like you don't right. even know that you're indifferent. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's you know, I think it's kind of funny that you use the phrase, you know, that you're turned on to, because it, it you know, it that really is kind of like there, there's a kind of physical sexual reality that we speak about in that manner but i think spiritually it's the same thing it's like jesus can turn us on yeah like come alive like he can suddenly get our attention yeah and and bring us out of ourselves but we we have to we have to predispose ourselves and and be well disposed to that encounter with yeah. him and uh, and it's all about where we put our attention. And I mean, I I know now, even now, like sometimes I can be so preoccupied with all the things I have to do, for example, that I can sit down to pray, and and that kind of indifferentism, just kind of like it's just like a fog in my consciousness. I'm just I'm I just can't sure. I can't focus and be attentive. But 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 then there's these beautiful breakthrough moments where all of a sudden you're just sort of just like sun breaking through the clouds. You're, just, you're overwhelmed by the light of God's grace. And then you're kind of, you, I, I experience this, you're almost kind of enraptured, Yeah, you know, and, yes. and it does. It, it, that kind of experience can often move me uh, to tears as well.
1: Yeah, and I would say the thing that motivates that kind of experience for me, like whenever, whenever praying might be difficult or when, it, when you're so distracted, is this confidence that you know if you still go back to that well... Something is there, and and I I would only like I use the phrase I've tasted and seen, and that's that is the underlying motivator for me. Do you want me to sing the song? No, I don't. <laughs> but it's like I've I've experienced that before, so like I know it's real and I know it's true. Don't don't. <laughs> I'm so don't, tempted. No, no, please. It's don't, one of your no, favorite songs. Not, Come it's on, it's not. It's it's a. Oh it's uh, yeah oh gosh but um yeah because I know that it's real and I know that it's true because I've experienced it before like m- time and time again so in those in that valley moment where I'm like uh I can't like nope it's worth it because because I've been there before you know and uh so anyway I don't know
0: yeah and uh I I would just add to what you're saying like again just zeroing in on the encounter experience, I think the challenge too is to stay in the moment there. Like when the Lord like yeah. sort of manifests himself to us in prayers, to is to abide in that place for as long as, as possible because it really is where we're supposed to live from. I think we're meant to be able to live every moment of our life from that place of abiding in him and that sense of connectivity yeah. and yeah. awareness of his presence. And it's hard. It's probably one of the hardest things, but but everything else that we've been talking about flows from that. Absolutely. And uh, all the fruits of our lives, whether it's the fruit of self-discovery or integration or going out courageously and with confidence yeah. to share that love w- of God with other people, it all flows from sort of abiding in the Lord um, and, and trying to remain within that place of sort of Repose or contemplative yeah. connection yeah. with Him, which you
1: know—it's so funny. I, in this, what you just said, just kind of took me back to the whole—you can't skip steps, you know. Like I remember whenever I first, um, you know, I like I was in the beginning stages of like this this kind of journey with the Lord and and trying to trying to surrender and having some discovery, uh, blah blah blah. But anyway. I did the blah, blah, blah thing. And I went to, um, you know, I was like, oh, I'll volunteer to be the youth minister because that beginning zeal, you know, was like, I can do anything. And so, you know, I volunteered to be the youth minister at my at my uh, church. And I'm like, it's my it's my zeal and my fervor alone. That's going to bring, you know, like bring these people into the same experience that I was having. But yeah. (laughs) And it's because it's because. There was a lot that I didn't yet know about myself. Yes. You know, like my own my own tendency to be self-reliant, my own ego, like my where my where my motivations were truly lying. Like I couldn't have told I couldn't have I didn't know those things. And so I had no I was doing no integrative work of like changing that so that real fruit can be born and even though i made relationships because i love you know i do like people even though i made relationships with some of those teenagers that that youth ministry died out as soon as i left you know like because it wasn't it wasn't founded on the right things because i i didn't go through those steps to to like do the right well, things yeah
0: don't be too hard on yourself no
1: no no but what i'm saying is i was i went from encounter like i was encountering the lord in ways to mission I was, to mission, to moving out, and and skipping all the stuff in between, yeah. and it did not work. Yeah, and that's work.
0: that's actually very common and very well documented by the spiritual masters. That you know we can, after that initial conversion, you know we can experience a tremendous uh, zeal uh, that that can be quite overbearing, and and you know <laughs> right. yeah, and it and it also it's it's just it's just charged with self assertion and self will and, uh, striving and, and, uh, you know, a sense of pride of, oh, look at me. I'm like, I'm so advanced in the spiritual Look at life. what this
1: did for me. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen yeah. to you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> With, without remembering exactly <laughs> right. how it happened yes. for you. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm going to yeah. skip over the 25 steps because, right. yeah. you know, all I have to do is, um, I, I remember going through very similar, like, like, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Cause I did, I, I did the same thing. Like I went from, from sort of, encountered a mission. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember some in my early years of teaching, you know, it was so much about me. And so much of my identity was, was tied up in my success. I remember I always tell this story. is like when I was first teaching at St. Vincent's back in 05, I remember I'd I'd always, you know, and this is just evidence of, of what I'm saying here, is that I was always kind of fishing after class for the affirmation and the mm. confidence that it was a good class. Yeah, yeah, class, right. You know? And I started feeling kind of uncomfortable with that, like like this is really pathetic. <laughs> and I remember asking, I remember um, I, I, I felt like the Lord said, "I want instead of doing that, how about coming to the basilica and praying afterwards for 15 minutes?" Oh wow. And so I did. I just like wrapped up class, answered any quick questions and said, "Great, I'll see you guys next time. I go straight to the chapel and I sit down and pray. And, and the Lord said, "You know, ask me how you did."
1: And so I was like,
0: okay, Lord, you know, like I'd go through the class in my mind. I was like, how did I do? And then it was just no response, pure silence. Mm. And I I did that. I did that like every day for like two years. Yeah. And finally, I was like, Lord, you know, every time I come to you looking for how I did, you never give me an answer. And I felt like the Lord said, you know, it doesn't really matter. First of all, if your students love you, they may love you for all the wrong reasons. If they hate you, they may hate you for all the wrong reasons. So you'll never really know. What matters is that you you show up every day to class and seek only to do my will. Just allow me to use you as I need to, and I will, I I will teach my students through you. And what I had to learn was just really that that the Lord. Um, it, it my performance was not a sign of success, and and that's the moving out piece. Yeah, what matters is 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 you know what are you learning through this experience, how are you allowing me to transform you yeah. in the experience? Yeah, the fruit is mine. Yeah, you know, what 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 I'm able to do through you to other people, and what I've noticed that over the years as I've continued teaching and I've by the grace of God, been able to extract myself a little bit more and a little bit more out of the process of teaching and become more attentive to him. right? Yeah, then he he, he actually is able to bear more fruit in other people through my teaching. yeah, because it's not about me.
1: Yes, okay, oh my gosh,'m I'm, I'm, this gets me so pumped up because what I want to do is just take that example that you just said and walk it through that walk it through that metanoic process. The four part process because <clears throat> okay. Because what I mean, it's it's a perfect example and it's a mini metanoia. Like it's not a it's it's not a life changing kind of thing for you, but this was an area of your life, all right. And stop me if, if anything I say you think like you want to push back on, but you probably did that unconsciously, fishing for compliments for, for quite a while in your life. Your prayer life Somehow, at some point, it, it was revealed to you, like, in the depth of your heart, Ah, oh, man, like, you had this discovery. Because you're encountering the Lord and you're open to, like, having the Lord work in your life, you have this discovery that you're actually fishing for compliments, right? And you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of pathetic, right? So you're, yep. you're discovering that. And then the Lord is like, I, I, I want to change something in you. I want you to go to adoration, you know i want you to sit in front of the blessed sacrament and i want to work i want to reveal like more things to you so he's inviting you to some internal change right and so you go and you start going to adoration and and this process of <coughs> excuse me this process of integration is like okay i'm not going to do that anymore i'm not going to i'm not going to i'm not going to fish for compliments at the end of my class i'm going to go and i'm going to sit in adoration and then in the end like you're saying, the moving out part is like, it just changed It changed what you did and how, how, like, how you taught your classes, and the effect that you had on your students was more based on God than you. That, that right there is like, in a little thing, that's the metanoic yeah. process. Well, yes,
0: yes. And, and I'll say that, you know, for, for so many years, and I, I'm still tempted by this from time to time, but not like I used to be, you know, it, it, to, to, that I'm performing, like it's, it's yeah. I, I gotta I gotta be a good teacher. You know, I gotta get the positive evaluations at the end of the semester. I gotta get that that recognition that I yeah. am a good teacher. And and so every day was a performance. Well it's like, you know, I remember having experiences along the way over the years of teaching where it was like I would do all this prep and I was so like into these, all these points I wanted to make. And I I spent hours preparing my lectures and then they were horrible, (laughs) horrible. You know, it was just like, oh, that was the worst. And then other days I had no time to prep. I'm like literally walking down the stairs to the classroom. Lord, I am so spent today. I got nothing left whatever happens in the next hour and 15 minutes is all you yeah. and that would be like my best day That's so funny. of the whole semester. And I'm like, what's that all about? It's, it's like it works. The Lord says because it's about me. It's yeah. not about you. it's it's when you when you allow me to come through you, right, I always say, now you're useful to me but 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 there's something so freeing about that because when I get done, and yeah. it, with a class like that, where it, it, it just flows, and I feel like I'm really in, in that, that sweet place. The, that's when I hear the Lord said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. Not because I performed well, right? but because I was so able to yield to what it is he needed and wanted to do through me for the sake of my students. Yeah. And so my students became the center of my teaching, not me. It yeah. was like, what do you need? Mm. The Lord wants to do something in your life, and I just need to be whatever He decides I need to be for you. So you're not a project. I'm not going to try to yeah, make yeah. you the perfect students, the perfect teacher. Yeah. But it's like the Master is here, and if He if He deems me worthy of some good in your life,
1: great. Yeah. You That's, know? I mean, yeah, I know we're up against a wall here in terms of time, but... I, I just want to remind everybody like, the reason I wanted to talk through this is because the, this, uh, of course, I believe every Christian is called to this metanoic conversion, you know, like, and it's, it's a, it's many, it's many every, parts every of person. Life. Every person, sure, but yeah, prime, yeah. you know, like, we're focused primarily on, on people who are baptized into the Christian faith. And so <clears throat> I, I don't want to, I I cannot overstate that. You know, like, this is crucial. This is crucial and it's the stuff that's going to change the world. Like, it's it's the stuff that's going to start primarily in you and me, but it's going to change our families. It's going to change our marriages. It's going to change our workplaces. It's going to change our communities, you know, like our neighborhoods. Like, it's not going to happen without this. And I I just want to reiterate like it's why I love I know at the end of our podcast we're always like hey check out Preambulus, you know website and blah 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 and it's like I, I don't know how many people read that or how many people understand it but this is the stuff that we're doing with people like walking with people offering these kind of opportunities for people I can't I can't say that strongly enough and how much I love it and how much joy and passion it brings to me to be able to do this because i'm on this journey too like i'm i'm doing it while i'm doing this with other people so yeah well we
0: we talk (laughs) we talk about that all the time i know how like even in the creation of the different you know experiences that we lead people through we didn't have a very deep understanding we like we were we, we would pray and the Lord kind of yeah. like, do this. And we, it's like, okay, right. we're going to do that. You know, I mean, on fire came together for Mameka that way. The way came together that way. Metanoia project yeah. came together for you and Emily that way. Like you, you, we were being led and then we start seeing these fruits and then the Lord's like, you know, let me explain to you why this works. Yeah. You know, because it's his way. Yes. It's like, it's what the scriptures tell us. It's, it's, it's what he models for us. It's, and you know we continue to learn. Like we don't have this all down pat either. But but it's so mm. wonderful. Yeah. To like oh my gosh like like oh that's why yeah that's why this is working. It's yes. like it's like insight. You know. Um. So we feel like we are every bit as much the disciples uh, journeying along the way as yeah. the master yes. continues to teach us. Hundred As we try to hand that on and pass it on to other people, and uh, and then of course we're always amazed because. There are some people that seem to give such a generous and incredible response to the Lord, and uh, open up their lives to Him in yeah. like beautiful ways. And of course, that's just like, like wow, you know, Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, great I'm, to talk about that. Yeah, I'm well, glad I'm, you I, yeah, indulged me. Yeah, well, I'm glad that uh, you you <laughs> wanted to unpack all that. So yeah. uh, good. Well, thanks, man. Take care. I hope uh, yeah, your <laughs> yeah. you. Your little grovelly voice. Yeah. Your
1: voice didn't crack though. It didn't, but I did have a major coughing spell well, in the middle there. Which all of you don't get to hear. <laughs> all right. all, all right. right. Until next time. Thanks. Yes. Yes. All right.
0: God bless. Bye-bye. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambule Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at Preambula.org and follow us on social media.